This is KJEM, KJM Radio, and we are on the air. I'm Craig Phillips. And I'm Amy Rhodes. We're your hosts, and we want to welcome you to another episode of Truly Outrageous World of Zen right here on KJM Radio. This week's show focuses on the world's hunger syndic, and this is a benefit concert for starving people around the world. And as some of you may know, there was a live aid concert in 1985, which could have inspired this episode. Yeah, actually, that was um, something I was going to bring up, too. Um, in 1985, Bob Geldof, who was uh, part of this band called the Boomtown Rats in the early 80s, um, did this huge benefit concert for the, um, I believe it was for the uh, starving kids in Africa, I believe. And the fact that this was done in 85 kind of makes me think that... Uh, the writers of the shows kind of thought, well, this would be a, kind of a cool thing to add into our series. And, you know, this 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 event, too, had, like, huge bands. I mean, we're talking bands like Queen, I believe The Police, and Elton John. So, I mean, some of the really huge acts of that time were in that episode. Um, in this episode, we are introduced to another new character, teen pop sensation Sean Harrison. Though Sean is only in a few episodes, his importance to the series is actually really major because of the fact that his relationship with Kimber um, really gets played out in a future episode, and so they kind of bring him back every once in a while. And this, of course, is the second of three guys that Kimber actually falls for. Um, The first one was uh, Jeff Wright. Sean is the second one. And the third one, I believe, was uh, Max Powers or whatever his name was. I can't remember. Connolly, yeah, Connolly. I'm thinking of the Simpsons, Max Power. He was not very important. He just dated him like once. (laughs) <laughs> That's very true. So obviously, so this is kind of a, a an early um, kind of thing where you'll see Kimber fall in love with him and things like that. As always, you can participate in our show by calling in at one seven two four 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 seven four 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 with the call ID nine three eight six zero and the town sign and share your thoughts. Now let's jump right into the show. It starts off with the holograms flying by helicopter to Houston for the shindig. Wow, what an entrance. Can you imagine? I mean, that's I, I thought that was really that, cool. That Oprah does, you know? I mean, <laughs> I can't even do it. So it's like, wow, they were already important at that point to drop in by helicopter. Yeah, they really were. And what I what I thought was really funny, too, was, was just the fact that it was just really random. It was like, okay, you don't expect the opening scene to be this helicopter flying over the ranch. It's just one of the more, I think, the more unique things about it. Well, I kind of, I think it lets you know right away that they're not at home. At least that's what I got out of it. <laughs> We're like, not okay, in Kansas well, anymore. They're, yeah, they're going somewhere. Where are they going? Uh, exactly. They're landing in Houston, and we are introduced right away to the character of Miss Sally Brand. Uh, one appearance, this is her one and only appearance, yet she is kind of key in this episode. She is making a public bet with her friend uh, Ellen Sue Tanner for $8 million that they want to raise for the starving children. And, okay, I've got to take the time right now to comment on the crowd scene with all these people whooping and hollering and throwing their hats and the, the hats and jeans and boots and, and yeah. Okay, I... <laughs> <laughs> I am a proud Texan, and i got to tell you that the Texans, and I use the term loosely, in this audience are just not quite right because 
people do not go around dressed like that in cowboy hats and boots all the time, unless they, like, work in a rodeo or maybe are in the stockyards. I really think that Texans were misrepresented in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I think they got them all from California, I think is what it was, you know. Oh, well, yeah, it's obvious. It's obvious they're not really Texan. A lot of them, it's glaringly obvious. It's like, oh, is that the best you can do? Okay. But a lot of us don't have really thick accents here anyway. I mean, yeah, I know I have an accent, but it's not totally hickish, I don't think. These people in the 80s, I don't think everybody talked like that here. So, And in the, the crowd scene, in that same portion of the scene, we're also introduced to Sean. As you said, he's going to be important later. He He's introduced actually before the, the song, and um, he is an important character, especially to Kimber, as you said. and. And then Miss Sally goes on to introduce Jim and the holograms, and right on cue, they land in their helicopter perfectly, and the girls perform We Can Make a Difference, which I love that song. It has such a great message. Really touching video, don't you think? Oh, I, I totally agree, and I, you know... I think it's one of my favorite songs, too, just to, just the whole opening, you know... Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. The, it really is. But, um... Oh, another thing about the music video though, that I wanted to mention is, um, you know, I was little when I saw this, and obviously I, I didn't know everything back then. So when I heard the word unison in the music video, I, I actually learned what that word meant from that music video because I make it obvious, you know, unison together. Okay, so I oh, learned something, cool. one of the many things I learned from Jim as a child. Um, <laughs> that's cool. As the holograms get off stage, they uh, meet Miss Sally, and Kimber gets to meet Sean. And uh, right away, he is impressed by Kimber's songwriting talent. I think impressed. I think he's blown away. He's like fantastic. You know, his his <laughs> just his British mannerism was just yeah. it was really cool. He was he's a very classy guy. I mean, but I think you can almost tell like right away. You could just see that Kimber was blushing. She really liked the guy. Oh, and yeah, and I, I think the one thing I thought was interesting was obviously Sean writes his own music or whatever, but just just the the way he fed off what she was what she wrote when he when she, when he asked her you know, like who wrote that and she goes I did it, you could just see this you know this wow moment for him. Oh yeah, and... it's like the stars are aligned and they stare at each other and you just know <laughs> you know they're gonna get together at some point. Yep, so, exactly. In that scene, Jim makes an excuse to slip away. She says she is coming down with a cold, and she has a holographic cab pull up with a holographic Jerrica getting out, and then switcheroo, and Jerrica is at the party, and Jim supposedly goes back to lay down at the, the wherever they're staying at the, the house. Yeah, because she claimed that she wasn't feeling good. Yeah, she said she had a cold. Okay, yeah. so she can switch, and, and now Jerrica is there. And as Jerrica is being introduced to C.B. Dodd, some important dude, the Misfits make their own loud entrance, which is a great example of Pizazz's lack of driving skills. Ain't <laughs> <laughs> hey, that the truth? And the Misfits attempt to be nice to Miss Sally for about five seconds. And then they get angry because, well, especially Roxy and Eric was holding her back. But they get mad when they are told they can perform but not be on the live album unless somebody drops out of the album. That's Actually, not I thought what it they was, signed up for. No, and that, one <laughs> thing I thought was really funny was just, you know, as Roxy was, you know, trying to speak or whatever, you know, Eric covers her mouth. 
And oh, I yeah. just woo, woo, like that. And what's <laughs> even funnier is when she pulls away, look at the look on her face. It is priceless. Oh, She's like, she just has this big pout on her face, which is just like, man, which, which oh, I thought God. was really funny. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. Exactly. Eric, I'm sure Eric was afraid to let her speak because who knows what would come out. And uh, Eric yeah, no doubt. Sick to find out that the misfit has to room with him. Now that's a disaster waiting to happen. He had not planned on that at all. And he's got this big place with three bedrooms, but you know he's not wanting them to stay with him. Okay, so Jerrica and the holograms. They are starting to warn Miss Sally about Eric, but she's a smart woman and she already is on to him. She knows he's a weasel. So in the next scene, Pizzazz saunters over to Sean. The two apparently used to know each other. And she starts trying to flirt and get all in his face, but Sean, he wants none of it. He brushes her off, which, of course, makes her mad. My impression was they dated at one point in history, and because yeah. you know he he was um, Sean f- was actually a bad boy, and you know, obviously Pizzazz is the bad girl, and you know she thrived off his you know his um, personality that that he used to have, and of course she thought he was still the same, and which obviously he's is, changed. He, he's <laughs> he's a good boy now. Yes, so. Already mad about that, Pizzazz then finds out that the Misfits will not get paid for this and busts in yelling at Eric. And uh, the Misfits are, are just fussing about how they, they're not getting any, any money out of it. And, oh, what's Eric getting out of it? And, of course, he lies to them and tells them he's not getting anything. And the Misfits storm off to their rooms, and Eric yells and tells two, that two of them will have to share, and one of those rooms is his. And he's met with shouts of, no way, and pillows and blankets being thrown at him, which I always think is funny every time I see that. Yeah, <laughs> I do, too. I, I just look on his face, too. He's, you uh-huh. know, he's like, hey, wait a minute here. That's my, one of those rooms is mine. And, you know, this is the misfits, and these are women. They're not going to share a room. Are you kidding me? No, not they're only not. just because they're women. They are spoiled, and they're not going to oh, share. That is exactly true. Absolutely. And, and now we uh, also have the return of Zipper with uh, different hair. He has black hair now, looks different. And Eric has hired him again to get rid of Gem and the Holograms. Dun, dun, dun. Commercial break. <laughs> yeah, and that, and that was really interesting, too, because all he all he was basically saying was, you know, just get rid of him somehow. So in the next in the next act, we start off with Kimber and Jerrica coming out of the ranch house, um, and they're all dressed up in this really... <laughs> Um, very f- kind of tacky-looking Western-type outfits, you know, about the only thing that's authentic are the boots. I think everything else is pretty much 80s, yeah. avant-garde type of stuff. It reminded me of the scene in um, Back to the Future 3 when uh, Marty goes and dresses up as a weird cowboy or whatever in his in his outfit, mm-hmm. and he's, you know, going to get shot for what he's wearing or whatever, which I thought was a great joke. So... They uh, meet up with Miss Sally, and you know she's basically saying, you know, if you guys, if you girls are gonna go wander off, you know, stay away from the ravine because this is flood season, and and she's very adamant about you know keeping them protected and all that stuff. I've got and, to say something though. She tells them, oh, if you see one cloud in the sky, you better hightail it back here. Well, no, <laughs> no, it is not. If, if there's one cloud, run. It, it does not happen like that here. I mean, yes, there's flash floods and there's flash flood season, 
but it's not immediate like that. I mean, it's not just snap and it pours down. No. <laughs> As you can tell, they didn't do a whole lot of research back then. No. Um, and one of the things that um, happens is Kimber and Jerrica kind of just split off into their own little directions. And first we see Jerrica going over to Rio. And it's funny how moody uh, Rio always seems to be in this episode. It's kind of a couple yeah. times that this happens. And I've never figured out what his what his deal is, why he's just so moody. It's like he, it's almost like he obsesses about being around Jerrica. Have you noticed that? You know, like he's oh, yeah. he's like if he's not with her within arm's length or whatever, he just freaks out. And well, he's you know, also I, the jealous type, obviously. Yeah, he's he's an attention hog, and um, you know, I guess I, I I can see that point of view. But then again, it's like, well, that's not really how you're going to impress a girl. Um, and uh, Kimber, on the other hand, actually goes over and starts flirting around with uh, Sean. And actually, she's just sitting by the picnic table, I should say. She's sitting at a picnic table, and she sees a little bird land next to her. And I think she like puts like a little breadcrumb or whatever that was that she was eating and throws a little piece to the bird. And then um, Sean comes over and says, kind of a sweet line, he goes, you know, can you charm, um, what was it, can you charm the guys as well as you can charm the animals? And she goes, sometimes, or something like that. And it was just, you know, kind of a cute little back and forth thing. And, uh, you know, I think she invited him to the hayride um, that was going to be going on, I think, or that might have been later. But, um, you know, you can kind of see how this little crush between the two of them is, is kind of building and building and building, which is actually kind of cool. So the next scene you see is them all riding on horseback. And I think, you know, Amy, this is probably one of your favorite parts is just watching them, you know, galloping across all these open plains and through the waters and things like that. Oh, it is pretty scenery and I love horses. So yeah, it was, it was nice to watch. Oh, I, well, I was thinking more of the horses since, since you like yeah. horses, I think, oh, I, you know, I love and, horses. Yeah. And I thought that was a really cool scene, and, and it, it is it is really fun to see them. And then they then they okay. Now, if you've noticed this, they were all wearing like you know their cowboy outfits, and then all of a sudden they're in, they're in swimsuits. Yeah, my only explanation for that is they had to have had the swimsuits on under their clothes or something. <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't under I don't know how much time passed or whatever, but that was I did notice it, and it was odd. Yeah, and I, I didn't notice that either. But they were all relaxed. And this like like blanket or whatever. It was all the holograms. Sean, uh, CB, and uh, I think that was the only ones there. And he, uh, CB, gets a phone call or a cell phone call. He had one of those brick phones. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's <laughs> really, it's a you know four thousand dollars cell phone back then. And uh, you know the guy calls him up and says, hey, you know. Um, Sean is needed or whatever, and he's going to go. And Kimber's a little bummed. And I like um, when when the phone rings, Aja's just like, boo, hiss, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, because they're trying to chill, you know. And um, so Sean has to go and do this, like, little interview thing or whatever and, you know, has to get up and leave. And uh, Kimber's really kind of bummed out. But, you know, but he says he'll be on the hayride later, which is kind of sweet. And uh, they're going to go hang out and things like that. And he goes and um, I think he goes, he goes and gallops off or whatever in his uh, – on his horse or whatever. And then the girls stand up and they all kind of say, okay, let's get back so we can change and then take our time getting ready. Which I thought, how, t- how I mean, how stereotypical they've made those girls. Like, oh, we're going to get ready and then we're going to even delay even longer and get even more ready. I, I just, yeah, but they were I just, swimming in a, a pond or something. They well, it never showed them swimming. <laughs> well, it never uh, showed them swimming. They were. <laughs> they were probably in the water at some point. They need to take a shower and get ready. 
That's true. So as Sean leaves, of course, uh, Zipper and his and his goon um, basically take the girls. They they kind of kidnap them per se, and um, they take them down to this uh, this big ravine uh, canyon don't they type have of thing. Gunpoint that is certainly kidnapping. I, you know, I didn't notice any guns, but it's possible they did. I guess I might have missed that. And um, if they did, well, yeah. Yeah, they, right. somebody had a gun. I think it was Zipper. <laughs> Typical. And uh, <laughs> so they they ride them down and uh, run them down into this ravine or whatever. And then um, Simber, or no, I'm sorry, Simber, Kimber, you know, gets this idea to throw a distraction, and she falls and like pretends like her uh, foot got hurt or something like that, and just like, oh my foot, oh my foot, and um, Jerrica's like, you know, I need a distraction synergy, and this big tidal wave of of, of holographic water comes towards I know, them. I they're like, oh, flash flood season, oh no, it's flooding, and you know, even in a ravine like that, I still say it's impossible for it to happen that quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe and a maybe holographic maybe. wall of water, and they run from it. And do, these guys stupid. They do not even feel the rain, but they don't care. They're running away anyway. Don't well, maybe what it was, <laughs> maybe what it was, was a dam broke or something like that up upstream. So you know, just to give them that extra illusion. Maybe that's really how it caused it. But anyway, so it was a fake little thing. And um, of course, they're like, you know, run, run, you know, and. The girls are screaming while the the holographic water is passing over them, and and Zipper and his goon friend are like running way ahead of it, or trying to outrun it, and uh, you know they don't they just kind of disappear. And the how girls. How far they got before they realized nothing was there. <laughs> you know what? Those guys are so dense anyway. They probably didn't even care. They really thought it was real. And so as as it goes on, then we go back and and uh, that night they go to this club basically. Uh, the misfits go to this club and um, they're going to uh, do a little performance Sean. or whatever. Yeah, they, take, yeah, they they actually kind of commandeer Sean, which I thought was interesting how they just kind of got him. And um, they um, they all take this uh, this hayride. Oh, I'm sorry, they, there's a hayride that you're that you're on first, and then you know the misfits take the club, go to the club or whatever. And of course they get up on stage and say, you know, you know why we're here? We're supposed to be playing in this shindig, and she's just got such attitude, you know, pizzazz, just throws this attitude and um, just really kind of like just says, well, we're not even going to be able to play on the live, so we're going to just do a little performance for you. And they started singing Gimme, Gimme, Gimme. And, of course, this is the song that has a really another audio issue in the Rhino DVDs are um, in the 5.1 again, where you hear a very weird delay between voice and music. It's just so offbeat. It's almost very like the music... Yeah, it is. So, you know, listen to it in 2.0 and you won't hear that issue. And um, after the song is done, um, Pizzazz um, is once again blown off by Sean when they're back in the car and he, he's like, you know, just quit acting like a child. Quit acting like a child and just grow up, you know. And um, as they're she's being distracted or whatever, you know, Stormer screams, look out, Pizzazz, look out. And they're about to hit the, the Hadron wagon. And that takes us to the end of Act 2. Um, before we continue, uh, we're going to go to the lines here and uh, take a call from Mr. Kenny. Hi, Kenny. You're on the air. Hey, hey. What's going on? Hi, Kenny. Hey, Craig, Amy. How you doing? Hi, good. Doing good. Yeah, I want to talk about um, Dan Gilvezan okay. for a minute there. Well, we all remember him as Sean Harrison and Bumblebee from both Gemini Transformers. That's right. But um, he played another character on an on an on a later gem episode called Music Is Magic. He played the magician um Devin Silverstone. Yeah, and he also played that assistant 
instant um, magician who kind of went bad and captured all the holograms. Frack. Yeah, Frack. Thank you, yes. Wow, he's talented. And, yeah, really, just one voice for all those characters. This is, a, this is a very talented dude because the first time the first time I saw, um, I heard Dan Gilvezan was on the old um, Spider-Man and his Amazing Friends series. Yep, I do remember that, and I remember watching that as a kid. I, and that's where I think where I first heard him was prior to Bumblebee, because that was like circa '81, I believe. It was '81 when Marvel Productions started after um, taking over from DePatie for Lang Productions. Okay. That's how Marvel got got their company because DePatie for Lang also did um, the first Fantastic Four series after Hanna Barbera, and they also did Spider Woman at that time. Okay. That's how Mar- that's how Marvel got into it. Okay. But anyway, I just wanted to give you that um bit of bit of information and stuff. Oh sure, no problem, Kenny. You know, it's always it's always good to you know have some extra insight about you know these actors that you know we we love so much and and just kind of like you know different types of careers they had and things like that. So yeah, that's that's really really very cool, Kenny. So as uh, as uh, we ended on Act Act Two. Um, there was this kind of this big crash. And then we pick up with Act 3, where we find out that Pizzazz and did cause the accident where they almost ran into the, the hayride where the holograms were on. It turns out the axle is busted, but everybody's okay, but they're going to have to walk back to the ranch. Kimber's really mad about Sean because she saw him in that car with Pizzazz, and so she knows that he's been with her. And he didn't show up for the hayride, so yeah. He's in well, and I think it was Aja. It wasn't it Aja that pointed out. You know, did you see who was well, in the car? I think it was yeah, Jerrica maybe. But somebody pointed it out, and yeah, yeah. Kimber saw it, so she she took offense to that. And, and she kind of seemed a little depressed too. It was like you know, yes, I yeah. did. It was kind of like it was like she was heartbroken. And you know, it, it seems kind of interesting that she's got a bit of a, a personality like like Rio, where she's gonna you know jump the gun a little bit and not kind of figure out like what's going on. She'll just automatically assume that uh, you know Sean is uh, you know being a little um, flirtatious well, you know, with his ass. She doesn't even know him yet, and so she does. She's quick to judge at that point. Yeah, that's true. But you know, again, it, it, obviously it's a girl that likes the guy, so I mean, yeah, you know, it's got to, it's probably stings a little bit, you know. Oh yeah, she's upset about it, and um, and we have the next scene where Eric is freaking out at Zipper when he learns that Zipper failed to get the holograms like he was supposed to, but uh, Zipper is assuring him that you know he he'll do the job, he'll get them before the their performance. Well, I think Eric's reaction was a little more like what. Oh yeah, he was you know he out. he was mad. I mean, this guy like hit the roof, you know. And I mean, I, I like how he just <laughs> he's just he, he just blows everything out of proportion, like you know. And you can tell that you know Zipper's just dumb, you know. Oh, and, yeah. But the funny thing is, he always goes to him. You know, Eric should know this by now. This guy does not have a good reputation for doing things, you know, for him that are going to work to his advantage. He's always yeah, going to screw up. At this point, I don't even think Zipper was still supposed to be part of the show as far as if it was up to Christy. I don't think she really liked the character and thought he was going to be a one-time character for the first few episodes, but there he is being used again. Uh, yeah, no kidding. somebody else. 
So um, now we go to the Houston Astrodome where Sean catches up with Kimber and he's trying to tell her what really happened. He says Kazaz lied to him, he was tricked, and that's why he didn't show up. And Kimber listens and takes it in and gives him another chance. See, she, she may judge him at first, but she does listen and give him another chance. And meanwhile, Jim, Aja, and Shayna are tricked when they, they're shown to a fake dressing room and locked up. And that, of course, is part of uh, Zipper and Eric's plan is to get them out of the way. And Kimber notices pretty quick that she can't find the others, and she runs into a moody Rio. He's sitting there poking. <laughs> moody is an understatement. He's a yeah. crab. He's, He's a crab. Talking. He's like, I haven't heard from Jim, not to mention Jerrica since we got here or whatever he said. My girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's sulking about it, and uh, they, you know, Kimber makes up an excuse. Oh, um, Jerrica caught Jim's cold. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then uh, Rio's like, oh, okay, and so they, they are worried, and they go off to look for the others. And uh, Jim and Shana and Aja, they end up, they're smart. They end up escaping through the vents, and they leave a hologram of themselves in their place to fool that goon that's guarding the door, which will only last for, you know, a limited amount, like a few seconds until Jem's out of range with the earrings. But it's long enough to have them get a head start on their getaway. And as they're crawling through the vents, they overhear Eric and Zipper, and they learn that they're, these two are stealing ticket money, the money that's supposed to go to help these starving children around the world. And they are stealing it. How low can you get? Um, well, we know that uh, Eric is a w- bit of a worm and a weasel, so oh, yeah. yeah, you know he's he's willing to do that. And it, it is so funny when that later on plays out in the episode. Um, there is a scene, however, that um, you do see Zipper as a ticket taker, and he you can see him skimming right off it. Oh, you know, yeah. He's like yeah, takes he's the girl's money and puts money. it right into his bag. Yeah, and yeah. Um, and obviously that's what he's talking about. Now, one thing I thought was interesting was Eric was like, you know, well. You don't work for a, you know, you don't work for a, a, a percentage. You only get a cut, you know, which is which is kind of funny because it means he's only going to get like a small amount of money. And I just liked how Eric delivered that. He was just like, you know, you work for a flat fee, not a percentage. Yeah, so. Eric wants to pocket as much of that money for himself as he possibly can. So greedy, greedy. And so Jim overhears this and she uses a snake hologram to fool Zipper so he can't reach in and grab the suitcase with the money that they hid in the vent where Jem is. She's right beside it. And, of course, Zipper gets scared. Uh, her plan works. He runs out to get a baseball bat, of all things, to deal with the snake. Yeah, that <laughs> works really great. On a hologram, no less. <laughs> well, maybe that's all he could find, but he freaks out, freaks out about it and goes and gets a baseball bat. But that's enough time for uh, Jim to grab the suitcase because she knows what's in it and she's determined to return that money. And Jim, Aja, and Shana, they duck into a trap door that happens to lead to the top of the stage where Synergy announces their arrival loud and clear. That may be the only time that, that everybody actually gets to hear Synergy because she projects her voice like that to announce them, which is Yeah, cool. wasn't something like, you know, presenting the truly outrageous gem or something like yeah. that? Or, yeah, and then and the girls swing down on the net <laughs> and then meet Kimber on the stage. 
And if you haven't noticed, that that is a very, very long drop to the floor. I'm I'm not kidding. It's probably gracefully just grab onto the net and float down. (laughs) (laughs) So I mean that 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 wouldn't happen. It would be cling to it for dear life and slowly climb down, maybe. But no, they just gracefully float down. And they sing Share a Little Bit of Yourself, which is another nice video. And I thought it was interesting. Yeah, that's an, a, it's kind of an interesting duet with the Misfits, no less, because the Misfits in this one actually are kind of nice in their lyrics, where you yeah. don't normally hear, like, give what you can. You know, it's like, wait a minute, the Misfits are actually singing about good stuff? Is this a precursor to Stormer writing some sensitive lyrics? Hmm, well, inquiring minds want to know. They still get to cut in on this benefit and sing a little bit, so they kind of have to sing a nice song for this. And oh, maybe Stormer wrote it. Point. Right. Now we also discover that for the bet, Miss Sally is two hundred and eighty thousand dollars short, and Eric is quick to claim that uh, he collected two hundred and fifty thousand um, of the amount privately as a surprise. And this has comments that Eric's the one that looks surprised. I love that she's just gloating. She's so happy that he got caught. I don't know why. Well, not only I that, guess she found out that he was doing that and not giving Misfits a cut. Yeah, what was it? Who was it that had like that really nice snappy comeback? You know, um, it made Eric really, really nervous. I, I don't know what was it that Pizzazz said to was, him. Well, Pizzazz said, you know, you're the one that looks surprised, Eric. But Miss Sally lays into him and orders Eric to sign over his fifty thousand dollar promotional fee. And they take the money that he had hidden, and now they have the $8 million that they need. So mission accomplished for the bet and raising the money for the children. And the Misfits, i got to say before I jump into the end, the Misfits find it really funny that Eric got caught and had to give sign over his money and give back what he stole. They're just laughing hysterically. And everybody celebrates in the end because they accumulated all that money for the starving children. Yep. And, and $8 million dollars is a lot of money, folks. Oh, I know. That's a lot of money for the starving kids. And, you know, Especially and, um, back then. I mean, think of 20, 25 years ago. No doubt. No doubt. And, you know, I, I, I do want to say something about that $50,000 promotional fee. Um, I think that's a bit excessive. I don't think most managers would charge that much for a promotional fee. It would probably be like $5,500, but not $50,000. Or five thousand dollars, I should say. So, one too many zeros on the end of that, I believe. But that's my opinion. But uh, and um, that basically takes us to the end of this episode. Um, again, this is one of these um, kind of reset type of episodes where now we're just going to go back to our corners, and that's kind of the end of it. It's not like it. It um, it doesn't really follow the Starbright series, and it doesn't follow anything after that. Um, so. You know, it's just kind of one of those standalone episodes. And um, when we talk about next week's show, which is Adventures in China, which I kind of have a problem with that episode just because of how it was, you know, kind of how it was laid out as as far as, um, you know, the earrings and things like that. Just That kind of bugged me a little bit. One of the things that they did before the end of the show was they did a reprise of um, We Can Make a Difference. And it was the exact same video that they showed when um, they were all on stage. 
And, you know, they do that a lot when they just tack on a song at the very end. Sometimes they'll have Lindsay cut in with a video repeat or, you know, a, an encore performance a lot of yep. the time, and they'll tack on another song at the end, which is fine. I mean, I always enjoyed that. Well, they do that because they were obviously short in time. Well, yeah, you know, if, I know. If the episode obvious. ran short. Yeah, yep. that was something they could do to fill it out. Yeah, and you know it's it's cool because it's it's a good song and uh, it's really catchy and uh, definitely has a really positive message. And um, but anyway, folks, that is the end of our show for this week. And um, as I said before, Adventures in China is our next episode, and um, we hope you'll join us then. We want to thank our caller Kenny for once again providing some great information to us. And I uh, just want to say this is Craig Phillips, and this is Amy Bird. And we want to wish you all a good night and see you all next week. Bye. Bye, everybody.